You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. What a way to make a living. It's a fantasy update. No Dolly Parton here today, but George Kurtz is here and Tony Cicada. Were you one of those guys that found Dolly attractive back in the day? Uh, not really. I mean, uh, she certainly had some attractive parts, but uh, overall, I mean, I, I probably liked her better as an actress or a singer, and I don't, don't think she was great at that either. <laughs> really? What about that 9 to 5? I saw that 9 to 5 movie with my mom when I was a kid. I remember that. Yeah, there's a Dabney Coleman, right? And uh, what's yeah. the other one? Uh, Lily Tomlin? Lily Tomlin, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was that funny. Was a... It was definitely a funny movie. Uh, actually, when I think of Dolly Parton, I can only think of that. Was she in Rhinestone Cowboy, too, or something like that? Uh, she, I have no idea. I, she could have been. She seems like a Rhinestone might... Cowboy kind of girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So listen, I, I don't know why. I, I mean, I like her, but even though she, I have no reason to like. You know what I mean? She, I think she's an okay singer, okay actress, blah. But yeah, but yet, I guess she's a nice person, so I like her. We're a couple days into the baseball season. We're gonna go around the league and see if anything's different than what we expected and what we do about uh, certain things and how we go about it. And then we're also gonna talk about anything you need on the waiver wire this week. I'll look at a couple leagues, see what's out there in the waiver wire, and we'll put that in play. But first of all, it's a holiday weekend for many, right? Holiday weekend, and uh, George and I were just talking about the scenario. So it's a Sunday, right? You got baseball just starting. You're excited about it. You got your first fab pickups coming up, right? What do you do when you get over someone's house and all it's like, say you live in New York, and the only game they got is the Mets on, and say uh, you've got Otani's pitching for the Angels tomorrow. Do you ask them if they have, uh, do you ask, ever ask for the clicker so you can be in charge of the remote control and get these games? Oh, I don't ask. I'm, I'm taking the clicker. <laughs> I mean, uh, it, it's mine. Uh, I'm going to mom's tomorrow, and they, and they know. My mom already knows uh, you'll, you'll, you'll be here by one, right? She knows I'll be there by one because that's when the Yankee game starts. Mm-hmm. You know, and she knows I'm finding the clicker because uh, there's hockey on, too, and I'm going to be changing it, too. want to watch all these games. It's strange. You know, we're all sports people here. I have three TVs in my den, you know, so I'm constantly watching games all day. We're doing the show to three. I'll have, as soon as the games start at one o'clock, games are on. You know, so it's weird going to someone else's house when they only have one TV. If I had the clicker, there's still only one game I can watch. You know, and I'm not completely rude, so I'm not going to bring my laptop or any device where I can watch a game on there. I don't want to do that and not socialize with people. But it's, it's just strange because I'm always used, Tony, to watching all the games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think it, the laptop, I never even thought about that. That's pretty interesting that uh, you I, could actually But don't you do feel that. bad? <laughs> I'm going to your house, Tom. I mean, I'm going to you, but if I'm going to my mom's house, now I'm watching the game. I, uh, what, mom? What? Huh? I, Who? I, Aunt Doris? No, I don't care. I, to be honest, I, I, I probably. No, I don't feel bad, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's what. That's the, is that a that might be a problem? I don't know, but I, I, I really don't feel bad. Well, no one should be surprised by this, right? I mean, right. Uh, my I, mom all... knows Thanksgiving dinner. I'm leaving Thanksgiving dinner before the. Uh, if you want me to eat at the table, it better be up before the Cowboy game starts. Let me and you tell you make guys. It between games. Let me tell you guys something. I'm going to tell you guys a little secret, and you guys think I'm crazy here. If you guys enjoy sports and you're listening to the show, obviously you do, and you enjoy fantasy sports, obviously you do. I would suggest that you try to get involved in this industry. And here's what I would tell you to do to start out. Right? Try to find a website where you'll write one article a week. You're not going to get paid for it. You're going to write one article a week, and then this is where the benefit comes in. One, you're doing something you love. And second, when you have these holiday things, you watch the games because it's your job. <laughs> right? You can tell it's, people it's, it's your job, thing. and you have to watch the games. This is the it's perfect the out. greatest thing. Tony, there's <laughs> nothing like being able to tell my wife on Sunday, no, no honey, I, I can't go to your, uh, you know, your mother-in-law, your mother's party. I have to watch football. 
<laughs> Sorry, honey. You know, it's my job. And yeah, and she buys it. She's not yeah. listening to this. I'm okay. She she buys it perfectly. She knows. And this and this week this year was different. I was on the radio all day, so nothing I could do anyway. But even before that, I don't think I've missed a Sunday of football since my daughter was born. Even then I was watching football while my wife was giving birth. Yeah, so people, I just gave you the the situation. So go ahead. It's up to you to go out there and get it done. But uh, it's funny. The reason I thought about that is uh, me and Gabe Morency were talking about it last night after the show. Um, he's He was supposed to go on a date tonight, and Gabe is actually one of the uh, Michigan basketball fans, right? And he's telling the girl, um, hey, uh, uh, we go, if we go out, we're going to have to go to a sports bar or something and watch the game. It's my job. <laughs> which is, you know, which is great when he can have that. You know, and listen, when I, when I got married to my wife, I told her before we got married, I don't drink, don't smoke, don't do drugs, not going to bars, but I watch the games. You know, I'll be home, but I, I watch the games. It's what I do. And, uh, you know, I've learned over the years not to yell at the TV anymore. You know, used to be that kind of guy. Used to always yell. I don't do that anymore. My wife used to get annoyed uh, like that, but then she realized, well, you know, he, he does yell at the TV, but he's home, and he, I, I never take it out on her or the kids. I'm, I'm well, I'm well adjusted that way. Just because the Yankees lose doesn't mean I'm going to yell at my daughters or my wife. But uh, you know, hey, we're home watching the games. There could be a lot worse things that we're doing. That's a little weird, George. I don't like. I don't like think I yell at the TV. Now I do have a couple of expletives every once in a while. But it's very toned down manner. Oh, I mean, it depends on what. I mean, I did yell at TV last night watching the Yankee game when Gregorius got thrown out at home plate on a ground ball to third base and there was nobody out. It's like, oh, what are you doing? And I probably added a, an F bomb or two. I thought there's nobody home at the time, so I'm allowed. Uh, but uh, I, I think football probably gets me more than other sports because, you know, hey, 16 games. You know, they mean more. Baseball, it's one of 162. You're right. Hockey, one of, one of, one of 82. So and I, I've calmed down some. Where I, I try not to do it as much. I think I've calmed down since I had kids and realized there are, there are things that are more important than sports. Not that much more, but maybe a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I, I still yell at the TV every now and then. Uh, I like it. That's the way we go at it today. And, of course, the Weekend Fantasy Sports Update. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher. If you never catch us live, hit subscribe. Then the damn thing goes to your device every single week, and you never miss it. Uh, we had an interesting opening day to start the year, and none more interesting than Matt Davidson. He had a monster uh, opening day, three for four, three homers, five RBIs, four runs scored as the White Sox uh, took it to Took it to the Kansas City Royals. Now, this is an interesting guy for me. I actually put this guy in one of my lineups at seven minutes prior to the uh, to the game because I was looking at my lineups. And how many times did you change your lineups prior to the f- opening game? Like, I must have changed those lineups, I don't know, 100 times. Like, every once in a while... You know, like Danny Duffy, I had him in and out of the lineup in that same game because he missed his, you know, he came out of his last out with a shoulder injury. And Davidson I put in because my team is strong on pitching and it lacked, I thought, a little power. So it was either him or Asdrubal Cabrera at the corner infield spot in a 15-team league. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go for upside with Davidson. And I threw him in there. Um, how many times do you change your lineup before each week? And then secondly, uh, your thoughts on Davidson. I think we, especially at the beginning of the year, maybe because we're a little unsure. Uh, you know, we have, it's the beginning of the season, so we haven't seen uh, stats. We haven't seen players play yet. But yeah, I tinker as well. I tinker too much, uh, which really drives me insane. Because sooner or later, you're going to tinker wrong. You know, you got you actually went right. You went from Cabrera to Davidson. But in some leagues, I'm sure I've done the opposite. I went from a good player to a good player who did nothing, and that, that drives me more insane than anything else. Uh, so I, I I honestly try not to take it all that much because I am a believer that your first thought is probably correct unless there's an injury or a guy's out of a lineup late. I agree. So I, I try not to, but yeah, I tinker as well. You know, I think we all do that. As for Davidson, listen, he had 26 home runs last year. So uh, I think that's it. He only did it 100 and, uh, what, 18 games, I think it was. 483 so, uh, bats. Yeah, so I think, would it shock me, Tony, as far as in uh, rotisserie leagues, if he hits 37 more and hits 40 home runs? No. My problem is I think his average is going to kill you. And well, I think that's my issue here. Here's the crazy thing. George is right. I mean, he struck out 37% of the time. That's an insane number, people. That's insane. Um 
didn't strike out in no, game one. <laughs> he was the third pick in the draft when he came into baseball. And he's down 27 years of age. This White Sox team, I like them offensively, actually. I like them a lot. Um, I think they're going to strike out a lot. I think they're going to have big runs scored. Their pitching staff is brutal. Um, I think he's worthy of a play if you need power. But we, uh, one of the things we talked about prior to the show was, you know, if everybody's hitting 20 home runs, he really needs hit to 40 home runs to pay off. And then you're going to get to a point in the season, right? Well, you might be first or second in home runs in the, in your league. Then you got to get him the hell out of your lineup because he's not doing any good because he's not going to do good in the other categories. I mean, I don't. He had 68 RBIs last year, which isn't bad in that you know 118 games and the 443 at bats. So maybe RBIs, but there's going to be nothing else here for him. And then that's going to be an issue. You know, the, it certainly is going to be true. We, we love the home ballpark he hits it, and that's a, and once again, that's one of the best hitters ballparks all around. Center, left, right, the ball just flies out of there. So, uh, you know, I wonder if the game has changed. You know, I don't wonder. I think the game has changed. Where, you know, you mentioned he struck out 37% of the time. And nowadays, players don't care. You know, it's, oh. it's not as big a thing. You know, they, they all want to, it's all about launching, getting the ball up in the air. You strike out and out and an out. I don't believe that. I think. You know, outs are not an out. Put the ball on play, anything can happen. You might get on base by an error. You can move a runner over. But nowadays, I just don't think they care. So I don't know if that's going to – I think it will change some as he gets more experience, sure. But drastically, you know, no, not all that much. To me, he's uh, an all-or-nothing player. So I heard an interesting discussion on this yesterday with the uh, Detroit color commentator. And I can never remember his name. And he's got a very distinctive voice. And I think he does a very good job. So basically, he talked about the home run situations in Major League Baseball. And he talked about players really buying into this launch angle stuff and how everybody's going up there and trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark and adjusting their swings. Guys like Justin Smoke, of course, adjusted their swing. And he says the pitchers now have come back and and have done the same thing to try to account for it. And the way the pitchers are trying to account for it is they're throwing the high fastball more than they ever have in a long time. He says the only problem is is that when they don't get it by the guy, we're going to have more home runs. So he goes, the pitchers are getting more strikeouts, which is true, and they're also allowing more home runs. So everybody's bought into this, George. The pitchers have even bought into this, and they're falling into the prey, but they're getting more strikeouts, so they're okay letting up home runs. Listen, the game has changed. It's become almost a, a true outcome, a three true outcome game: strikeout, home run, walk. It's really that's a lot of time. And now, the first couple of days is hit by pitch too. Uh, you know, you're not seeing a lot of in between here. I think you're right about pitchers. Uh, you know, they realize, well, I'll get my strikeouts, but they put the ball in the air, especially with the ball being juiced. And I don't see anything from the first couple of days this year that suggests it's not. It was certainly was last last year. I think it is again. Uh, so. You're going to see a lot of long balls here. You know, chicks take the long ball and all that. We're going to see a lot of home runs, which is why in fantasy, I only get to search all that hard for it. it you don't have to search all that hard for it. it it's kind of, I think, a, I, I always talk about this, and people don't, I don't think they don't understand it, is you've got to have balance on your teams, right? So you could go in in the first week and say, you know what? My pitching's good, but I might be a little short on offense. Because if everybody has it, you've got to keep up with it, right? So, I mean, it's one of those things. I might have went – I see a lot of guys. When guys are good at stolen bases, I don't think they win. When guys are as good at stolen bases, I don't think they win their leagues. And the reason being is I see most fantasy owners overcompensate the stolen bases. Oh, there's a lack of speed. i got to get speed. And they get too much, and they come in first and second, and then they neglect the rest of their team. I think you have a great point. Uh, I think the point uh, about power is, yes, if, if it's uh, available out there, well, now you might need actually more of it because we all have it. So yeah. if you want to win the top of your standings, you're going to need more and more power. That's obviously true here. Speed is always something I uh, I just I have a hard time drafting a pure stolen base guy in round three or round four. It was D. Gordon type. I, I can't pull that tra- I can never do it, Tony, because uh, it's always going to do. That's all he's going to do. You know, and I, I can't do it. So I look, uh, I assume going into a draft that I'm never going to finish top three in stolen bases. I'm hoping to finish in the middle of the pack. You know, I don't want to finish dead last. I just want to finish in the middle of the pack and keep me competitive and I'll be okay. The only guy that I picked for pure speed 
was a guy that picked in double-digit rounds, and it's not working out. And we're only two games in, and it's not working out, and it's the not my fault. It's Don Mattingly's. Um, Cameron Mabin. I, I, I don't understand how he doesn't play every day. And Mabin was a guy that I picked in double-digit rounds and figured I'm going to get 30-plus stolen bases from. But I'm not convinced he's playing every day there. And this Brinson situation is going to make it how it goes out. If Brinson hits leadoff, I'm worried about if he could he could hit well leadoff. I'm worried about how much playing time Maven's going to get with that outfield. I don't know how Maven didn't play every day. I would agree. I mean, you would think you'd get a shot here. Uh, I mean, I guess Miami's a work in progress. Uh, I mean, it, tr- it truly is. Uh, you know, I guess they got to see if these young players can play and build from there. I think I think Miami's going to be a, an interesting team this season. But, hell, they're not going to go 0-162. They did win last night. I told people that. They're going to win 70 games. I don't know how, but it just happens. You listen to the Fantasy Update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz, Tony Cicada, three hours of baseball talk. What could be better than this? I have no idea. It isn't the Easter Bunny. Well, maybe Four hours of baseball talk? Yeah, that's right. Four hours. But sometimes if you get too much, it, there's chafing involved. So sometimes we don't want the chafing unless you're properly lubed. So get yourself a drink and come right back here to the Weekend Fantasy Update. If you're playing daily fantasy basketball on DraftKings or FanDuel this NBA season, you need to sign up for Daily Roto. Built by a team featuring millionaire maker winners and live final champions, Daily Roto's customizable projections, podcasts, strategy guides, and lineup optimizer will help you compete with the pros in a fraction of the time. Better yet, you can save 10% off using the promo code FNTSY. So go to DailyRoto.com backslash premium to learn more about their product. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. My name is Tony Sincata. He is George Kurtz. And we are absolutely getting it done. So I got asked on Twitter, any way we're going to talk about Daily Fantasy for today. I'm not going to do that because the show gets repeated and this information's old. Go to at the Tony Sincata. And uh, George, I decided to be a nice guy. And I just gave you my lineup free. That I'll, is you know nice what? guy of you. Look at that. Let's go to the Tony Sicotti. Get that. And, and you know what? Just to use the computer. I'll give you my lineup real quick, and then we're going to move on. So this is it. So you people out here that uh, are uh, all excited and you want fantasy baseball information, I'll, I, you know what? Give me 10 seconds. I want to take care of the people. Uh, Louis Castillo. Uh, tonight, I'm going to use him this after. This is this afternoon's lineup. Louis Castillo against the Washington Nationals. James Paxton against Cleveland. Evan Gaddis against Matt Moore. Justin Smoke versus CC Sabathia. Jose Altuve. Alex Bregman. Carlos Correa. That's four Astros. Chris Davis, George Springer, and Giancarlo Stanton. That's a great offensive lineup. And Paxton and Castillo can get me strikeouts. Now, you have to lay off the DeGroms and the Strasburgs to do that. But Castillo and Paxton are both strikeout pitchers. You have quite, I think you have about five Astros in your lineup, right? Springer, yeah, that's, Correa, Bregman, yeah. Altuve, and Gaddis. Yeah, they're, wow. very good. Uh, they're very good against left-handed pitchers. And Matt Moore, I don't know why he's in Texas. That should be a disaster. Listen, it should have been a disaster for Doug Fister last night too. Yeah, he figured it out there. The but only I problem with Houston Fi- lineup. The only problem with Fister, um, he can come up with a big game because he's a ground ball pitcher, and sometimes you know what I mean. You go up there and you get it there, but when you're a fly ball pitcher and you pitch in Texas, I don't know if that's going to work out. Uh, not in Texas, no, no. I mean, does it bother you that Texas is getting a new stadium? I like that stadium. Do they really need a new stadium in Texas? I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know it that well. But it's actually changed the last four years, I think. It's not as offensive um, as it was in the past. They built a couple, like um, a scoreboard or something, and it changed the wind dynamics of that stadium. 
We've seen that before, too. And back in the day, remember Fenway, you couldn't hit the ball at the right field at all. Then they build what the extra press box yeah. would change, uh, also change the wind patterns there. So we have seen that before where it's amazing what a, a, stru- a different structure can do. Well, people don't uh, know. will change the wind patterns Wrigley there. Field has become so pitcher-friendly, it's crazy, that the only time that you go crazy with that, like in DFS, is when the wind's blowing out You know, anywhere from f- 14 miles or above is when it's there. The rest has become pitcher-friendly. Growing up, Wrigley Field was a joke for a ballpark. Yeah, because the wind blew out a lot, but they've added a lot of structures there as well. And you're yeah. right. Now it's uh, the wind. Uh, I don't know whether – listen, I'm not going to get into global warming. or all the crap that I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. Maybe this, does the wind not blow out as much anymore? Because it you're doesn't. right. Going it's up, blowing I mean, in. Wow. It's blowing in 70% of the time this, uh, now in Wrigley Field. So uh, I'm guessing that's more than uh, what it used to? Yeah, yeah, I have no idea how all this is, takes place, but I I know the facts. You're not a weatherman. No, I'm not a weatherman. I can see Couple you being up, a weatherman. I would, you know what? I would love to be a weatherman. Put, take my take my pointer. And say, yeah, we've got you know, northwest winds uh, going at whatever. <laughs> JT Real Muto expected to be out three weeks. Three weeks for JT Real Muto. Um, he is not happy being in Miami Marlin. It wouldn't shock me if he's in no rush to get back. I'm so you know it's it's annoying because they uh they said be uh, early before uh, last week of uh, spring training that this wasn't going to be a long term injury it was more days now it's weeks I actually agree with you that he's in no rush he's going to want to make sure he's completely healthy you know so I don't think he's going to rush back to a team you said seventy games I'm not sure they went sixty but uh so oh everybody wins they're going to win seventy seventy and ninety no fifty nine and one hundred three uh. I think they're really bad, but I think Romuto is sort of playing for another team. You know, and what I mean by that is when he does play, he's sort of auditioning, you know, showcasing himself to be traded here. I don't think the uh, Milan's going to hold on to him. I think he's going to end up being dealt. I think Stalin Castro ends up being dealt. Pretty much anybody that's not, well, I shouldn't say nailed down. There's really nobody to nail down there. But anybody that they they can move for prospects is going to get moved. Here's the second thing we're going to go. Royal signed Kyle Loesch to a minor league deal. You can never kill Kyle Loesch. He's like uh <laughs> He's like one of those caterpillars. I was thinking cockroach, but okay. Caterpillar oh, yeah, works. that's a cockroach. I was thinking caterpillars because they both began to see cockroach. That's what I meant. Kyle Loesch is a cockroach. Uh, I mean, do we care? I mean, fantasy wise, I mean, I, I know he's somewhat. You of a care? Game plan if you're an AL only, pitching. every player gets rosted, I guess, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. If you're, uh, I think you need to be an AL only. Deeper than 12 teams. Give me 14-team AL only, and maybe I'll care about Kyle Loesch. You ever been wrong on a player? No, never. <laughs> I've been all my leagues. Scott Kingery started out the year, and he had uh, two hits in his first game. I'll tell you what. I didn't think this kid was going to move up this quick. Then he gets a contract for six years, $24 million, which I thought was a huge mistake to do. And this kid... Uh, He's getting a chance to play for the Philadelphia Phillies. Scott Kingery, young kid, 23 years of age. He was a second-round pick in the draft. He plays all the infield positions and gets a couple of hits in his debut for the Phillies. Uh, I like I Kingery a lot. I think he's going to be a very good player. But he's also, if you own any Philadelphia Philly, he's going to be the player that pisses you off because no one's going to play full-time. Because Kingery's going to move all over the place. Played for Franco uh, last night. He'll play some short yeah. for Crawford. Second base for Hernandez. Maybe get some outfield work. He's going. He's going to be the player you want to strangle because they have too many players here, and someone has to sit on each and every game here. Uh, now you said you think he made a mistake signing the contract. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I, I mean, he got guaranteed money. Uh, right. I mean, so, well, I've had this argument with Mike. I have this. Uh, yeah, I have this argument with Mike Cardano every day because he he agrees with you. Take the twenty-four million dollars. It's guaranteed if he gets hurt. Blah, 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 blah. What if he if he doesn't get hurt, right? Say he doesn't get hurt. That sixth season, if he's as good as people see, he is we got players a little better than average getting ten million dollars in arbitration. I mean, oh yeah, if he stays healthy, he loses on this deal big time. Yeah, so I don't know. I the, just, the way I look at it, I mean, Acuna said he, he had no to... interest because the, the Braves after this thing got signed, the Braves immediately offered him. Uh, I think it was six years, forty million dollars. Acuna he said no. <laughs> well, so he Acuna was the opposite. Denied. He denied it. Acuna but I'm denied sure it. Actually, 
I, and I'm sure he's not lying because his agent was the one that denied it. Right. Because <laughs> 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 yeah, he didn't deny it. He probably didn't even know about it. Uh, it was, I think it was $30 million. It wasn't even $40 million. So, oh, uh, yeah. I mean, the way I look at it, though, I mean – Twenty four million after taxes, your agent fees and all that. You're still getting ten, twelve million. I mean, that enough. That might be enough to live off the rest of your life right then. Oh, you yeah, know. Yeah, so yeah. You're, you're set, and then you know, if you think if you if you're truly confident in your abilities, you'll sign the next big contract after that, and you'll still make a ton of money here. Uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, I I think if I'm a Kuna, yeah, I probably would have turned it down too because you're going to be a superstar and make a gazillion dollars. But I think if you're Kingery, I think uh, the way type of play he's going to be, I think I'd have taken the security. George, George would have took the. You're a low risk guy. I am, man. I want my money now. You know, I don't <laughs> want to make the major, major league minimum for the next three years, which would have been what? Maybe he gets not even two million for the next three, maybe next four, depending on uh, Super Two. So, uh, I would. I think I would like to know that I got twenty four. Well, like I said twelve million in the bank. You know, I know that that's coming to me. I can just go out and play ball. And if I play uh, the kind of player I think I'm capable of being, I'll get paid anyway. Yeah, so I, th- I think I would have done that. But like I said, Kakuna, I feel differently because I think he is going to be a superstar. I think I waited out. I think this also, by the way, Tony, depends on am I happy where I am? You know, or do I want to get the hell out of here? Well, you're never going to get, get the hell, well. get the hell out of there in six years because you're under the players' control, the team's control, and they're never going to trade a guy like that. No, not Akuna. Kuna's a, Kuna's a superstar. Not Akuna or <laughs> Kingery because regardless, if you take the contract or not, it's still going to be a bargain. Did you draft a Cooner anywhere? No, I, no. I, I uh, it's not like I didn't want to. I just think based on um, him starting the year in the minors, um, him not being ever playing <laughs> major league baseball, that uh, he's going kind of early. So um, I, I didn't draft him, but I did draft Ozzy Albies in one league. Uh, he because I felt similar about him, but one league he fell a little bit, and I drafted him. All right, so Acuna, what round does he have to fall to before Tony Sincata draft the 12-team league? The 12-team league, it would have been 10th to 10th round. That That's exactly where he is for me. In my home league the other night, he went in round 10. I was going to take him. My brother ended up taking him before I could get him. So but that's, that's what I had him pegged for. This kid better be Babe Ruth in year one because it, the projections have him close to that. People, people, when I look at the projections, they have about 130 games, okay? 20 home runs, 20 stolen bases. And a decent bat average, 260. Now, we talk about all the time, George. Everybody's hitting 20 home runs. The 20 stolen bases is good. 260 bat average is average. So that's an amazing, amazing rookie season. Probably wins him rookie of the year. But in fantasy, I don't think it's worthy of a sixth or seventh round pick because there's obviously some downside to this kid because he never played. Oh, I agree. That's why I can't take him that early because you said it. You know, 2020, 260 wins him rookie of the year, more than likely. Yeah. Maybe, maybe somebody comes out of the blue. And, but for fantasy wise, you know, the 20, outside of 20 stolen bases, we know we can do better than 20 home runs. And we know we can do better than 260 average. So uh, it's not as great as people think. And as you said, Mike Trout struggled his first time for the major leagues. You know, and Kakuna could easily do it as well. Maybe he doesn't figure it out until July. Where he really, uh, you know, turns it around here. So I, I'm, I agree with you. You said I'm a conservative drafter anyway. So uh, I, odds are I won't have him in most leagues with people. Gra- uh, you know, he's a shiny new toy. So they're drafting him too early. I agree. I won't have him. Uh, uh, so it's going to be very interesting to watch. I'm going to find my way out to Atlanta. I haven't gone to the new ballpark, but I will take a day off and go out to Atlanta one time this year and uh, check a game out. I like going to – you know what? That's the one thing about baseball that's beautiful too. And they talk about speeding up the games. There's no other better sport for me to be a spectator. Now, I haven't done it in a long time, and growing up, I did a lot. Is go to NHL games, and they were amazing. But baseball's a different amazing. You sit there, it's relaxed. You got a little drink, you got a little peanuts, some popcorn, or hot dog, and it's like a day out. It's nice. It's it's beautiful. I like that, and uh, I, way better than going to a football game. I agree with you. I'm 100% there agree with you. I know you and I were talking about this last week. I, I, you'd be the guy I'd hate, though, because the peanuts would be all over my seats because that's all you're eating there. Those <laughs> shells drive me insane. Uh, but uh, baseball is, is great because, obviously, it's, generally it's warm weather. 
You know, I was going to get a nice day out. Uh, and I got, you know, it's funny. I'm a ballpark guy, Tony. And what I mean by that is whether I watch games on TV or go to the games, to me, this isn't opening day for the Yankees yet because I'm not a big sky or whatever they call this thing uh, in Toronto now. Baseball yeah, should be played outdoors and on grass. All right? So yeah. that's what I want. So, you know, it feels weird that they're opening up in a dome. I feel the same way when the Yankees open in Tampa Bay. So it's not a Canada thing. Uh, you know, it's we played outdoors on grass. So I'm looking forward, uh, which is be Monday, uh, so when the Yankees play bad weather next week, by the way. So, so when the Yankees play Monday at Yankee Stadium, uh, that's to me, that's opening day because it's outdoors grass. So uh, I like games as well. Because I, I, you get to hang out and relax at a baseball game. You go to a hockey game, you got to pay attention to the game's constant action there. Football, sort of the same thing when the play is in motion. Baseball is, uh, is more. You know, cerebral, relax, watch the game, enjoy the sun. You know, the boys of summer and all that. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now, the Cubs have a weird situation. The Cubs start the year with ten road games. Uh, I mean, I'm not against that because once who wants to, wants to play in uh, outdoors in Chicago this time of year, man? Brr, brr. I was, I know. Uh, remember back was it? This may be probably longer than 10, 15, 20 years ago. Baseball sort of went to that. Where they were trying to open up as many games in warm weather uh, cities or domes as possible, but then some teams uh, complained and bitched because you know we don't want to be on the road for the first uh, week of the season. Unfair yeah, competitive advantage. Yeah, right. But, so I get but, it. I get it. But the bottom line is, it's all the same, and then you you know you get to close with all these home games. So just keep it close. I said I agree with you. If I'm a player, I don't want to open up when it's you know I don't want to bat in 30 degree weather, man. We've all done that. You play baseball, hit that ball at the end of the bat, you get those the bees in your hand, man. That hurts. It's not it's not baseball weather, you know. I mentioned you know, this week in uh, in New York, man. I think I saw uh, snow possibly Monday and rain Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, it could be very interesting playing up here. Nothing higher than 44, 45 degrees. That's not baseball weather. Rise Hoskins is another guy that Tony Cicada has none, no teams. And uh, basically, it was like, this guy's going early. He was a monster last year, 212 at-bats, um, plate appearances, 170 official at-bats uh, for him, 18 home runs in those, 259 batting average, and people were jumping all over him early. He has a home run, of course, to start the season. Um, he's hitting well. I mean, the strikeouts were something that you looked at and you could be concerned with. But uh, is this kid the real deal? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is the real deal. Plus, he plays in a band box in Philadelphia, so that's going to help out things. Uh, I only own him in one league, and that's a league where uh, it's an auction. It was a, in a keeper league. I've had him for since he was a minor leaguer. So uh, I believe uh, I like the fact that uh, first base and outfield eligibility because, uh, once again, I don't use it as a uh, determining factor, but it's a nice tiebreaker if you have a player who has uh, extra eligibility. I think he's going to hit 30-plus home runs. You know, I, I do. Uh, I think that lineup can hit. I think the Phillies are. I don't think they're going to make noise as far as playoffs are concerned, but I think they'll make noise as far as runs are concerned. I'm a big believer in Hoskins. I think he's going to be a, a very good player. Then a guy that also I don't have on any teams, um, and I and I just didn't. I thought there was risk associated with it, but I was confident that he would turn around this year. David Price pitched great out of the bullpen the end of last year, and then picks off with a gem in the opener. What's your thoughts on David Price? You know, Tony, when you joined us, uh, Kevin and I, Kevin Walsh, on the uh, Rotovex Morning Show, I was going to ask you about Price. You know, because in my mind, uh, I mean, I think I, I think he's a, the key to Boston to really uh, staying with the Yankees and the American League. If he's if David Price, if David Price of old, I think Boston wins that division actually, because I think that their starting pitching staff is just better when you have two aces in Sale and Price. Uh, I'm listen. His could his elbow fall off at any time? Yeah. It can. You know, we don't know when this is going to uh, rear its ugly head. But the Yankees have been waiting for that with Masahiro Tanaka for years now as well. Uh, I guess the, you could say they're both time bombs, but we don't know. Uh, for the price he was going at, he was dropping in drafts. I, I was taking him. You know, I was taking my chances. But I'm, I'm well aware that I could eat it. You know, next month he could tear that elbow or he could be put on the shelf again. But isn't that true of most pitchers? Some just have a greater degree of risk than others. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I'll tell you what, I, I like I like him, and I think he's going to be a guy. And he said it last year. He said, you know what, I would have been good as a starter. It wasn't just coming out of the bullpen. I just figured it out. And it, most players say things, and you never know what they are. But I, I listened to him, and I actually believed him. 
Yeah, I said, I'll, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's going to be very good. If he gets hurt, I'll deal with it. But uh, for, from now, I think he's uh, pretty much back to where he used to be. You'll listen to Week in Fantasy Update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Back with more Fantasy Baseball. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz, Tony Sincata, and of course, Joe Galena. Not with us today, but Joe will be back next week. Um, Joe's uh, doing something with the Easter Bunny. Well, he's the fantasy Jesus. <laughs> so, yeah, so you, there should have been no expectations of uh, Joe working today. I, I think he is working, just in a diff- different field. Yes, he, he has. He has bigger uh, things to fry. The fantasy Jesus rising from the dead, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the greatest names in all of fantasy sports. The fantasy Jesus. Uh, I, I've never asked him how he got how he acquired that nickname. No, that's that's a great question, right? That's one of those things that you always wonder about in life. How does one become the fantasy Jesus? And um, you never, you never know. But uh, you know, George, one of the things that you're looking at is we were talking about one of the shows this week on how uh, everybody has to be the first to report a story, right? The first to report a story, and that you always see at the bottom, first reported by who, you know, whoever it is. And yet, the weekend fantasy update did not receive credit. Yet we were the first to break the story. That the Arizona Diamondbacks would uh, have Brad Boxberger as their closer, which we did like six weeks ago, and yet people were surprised when it wasn't Archie Bradley. How did we not get credit? And what did you think of Brad Boxberger being named the closer? Yes, I think this is a travesty of justice that you guys didn't give credit, get credit. Uh, so uh, I, I would, I'd, I'd file a grievance somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure with who, but I'd file a grievance if I were you. I don't care. But who? I, you know, you're right. On Twitter, you see it all the time. Oh, Adam Shepard was the first to report. John Hamer. <laughs> who the frack cares? Who's the first to report? I don't care. Is the information correct? That's all I care about. Who's the first uh, person? I mean, I, I, but I, I get it because we've seen it before. Oh, he this guy took credit for this guy's work. Oh my God, you know, it's sort of a joke. ESPN the first. To, oh God, give me a break. Uh, I'm not surprised about Boxberger. Um, I think uh, a lot of it goes down to here where Boxberger's done the job before, and I think Arizona may feel that Bradley's better in a multi-inning or a multi-out role where he can get four outs, five outs, and have Boxberger go in the ninth. But the thing is, I don't think either one keeps his job all year. You know, I think it's a good starting point for Boxberger, but to think he's going to be the closer all year long is highly unlikely. I think if Arizona competes, there'll be a team that acquires a reliever, maybe a closer. You know, I don't know, a Viscaino type from Atlanta, a team that's out of it that uh, trades uh, someone who, maybe that person's the closer. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's a top setup man. Who knows? Uh, but I think that could be a Joaquin Soria of uh, the White Sox come to mind. I don't know about eight, nine other guys who could who are current closers who could easily be dealt to contenders before the trade deadline. It's a closing situation, of course, when it comes to fantasy baseball. Uh, you go to rotoexperts.com, get the exclusive Edge package, and get all that information from George Kurtz. Indeed, I am the Closer Report guy there. Each Tuesday, uh, my Closer Report uh, will be up there. And I believe Wednesdays I'm doing uh, my uh, five up, five down. Five guys who are playing better than we expected, and five guys not so much. See, that's a great article. I like that. I like that. I don't read. To be honest, I'll be honest with people. I don't read many sports articles anymore because I, I usually just look at the numbers, and that's what I, that's what I want. But five up and five down, I would absolutely read that because it's debatable. See, I, I read a too. lot. It's debatable, and in my mind, like I, in, when I read your article with your five up and five down, I'd be creating my own list in my head. 
and, and, and comparing who we have alike, who we have different. So I like that. I like that type of article. I do the same thing. You know, uh, whenever, you see, whenever you see any kind of list, I think most of us do that. Uh, do yeah, you agree? Yeah. Do we not agree? Who would we put in there? You know, oh, he's nuts. He's crazy. He's an idiot. You know, that sort of thing. It's, a, it's an interesting uh, article to write. You know, because I, you know, you try and I'm five up. I don't want to put Mike Trout on the list every damn week. That's kind of idiotic. So I try and find lower guys, maybe guys we're not thinking of, something like that. And same thing with the five down guys. I'm not looking to put the, uh, you know, a third string catcher on Cleveland. You know, you got to try and find guys who are, uh, you know, top name guys who are just aren't playing well for whatever reason. Now, we saw Tanaka debut for the Yankees, and he looked really good. I watched a lot of this game. Uh, last night in Tamaka, uh, he is a guy that uh, last year struggled. 4.74 ERA. He did have the strikeouts with 9.79 um, in six innings. He went. He pitched really well. He's a guy that I think at the end of the year might have been a draft day bargain if he stays healthy. I might agree with you. Uh, I mean, Tanaka, I think he's going to give a share of home runs. I think he was fourth in uh, the league last year in well, home runs. I think he'll be there again. But they're solo shots. That's but fine. Here's, no, let's let's get back to that, though, first. We, I, I, and to be honest, I should have seen this in the preseason. I saw this this week, right? And I'm like, 49% of his ground, of a 49% ground ball rate last year, right? But the home run to fly ball ratio was 21%. The year before was 12. Why can't that just be unlucky? Well, if you watched Tanaka last year, his, uh, the splitter was saying, hit me. It wasn't, uh, wasn't dropping enough. That was his biggest, biggest problem last year. He was leaving the ball t- up in the zone too much. He doesn't throw as hard as he used to. Now, whether that's the elbow, he's become more of a pitcher, he's gotten older, whatever it might be. So he's got to become a little bit more fine. You know, and so like I said, that splitter is hanging there. You saw it last night, the home run that... Uh, I forget who hit it. Was it Pilar? Might have been Pilar. Whatever. The home that was hit last night was on a dead splitter. It just didn't move. You know, so that, that's his biggest issue there. Yeah, see, he plays in the band box at Yankee Stadium. So, once again, left-handers are going to hit some home runs off him. That would be home runs in other parks. But he looked great last night. The ball was moving. I think at one point he retired, what, 11, 12 straight. So, uh, you're right. He could be a bargain because people weren't quite on him. And we got to remember, Tony, you, you, you put up his numbers from last uh, the regular season last year. The playoffs, he was a different kind of Tanaka. You know, maybe the adrenaline of the playoffs helped him, or maybe he figured something out. But in the playoffs, he was extremely good. See, it's a weird situation with Tanaka looking at those numbers. Because, one, I could say, you know what, he just got unlucky. 21% home run to fly ball, it's insane. I mean, he was 12% the year before. And secondly, his fastball velocity wasn't down last year. It was actually up a little bit. And he threw that split finger pitch 26% of the time. Maybe he fell in love with that pitch. Because there wasn't enough variance for it. Uh, he was only four four miles an hour off his fastball uh, there. And it should dip a little more. It should be around seven and nine miles per hour there. So actually, some pitches you can get in trouble by throwing a little too hard. And it seems like that might be the case uh, in that situation uh, there. And then last night, he only threw it 19% of the time, which last year he finished 26% of the time. And he actually threw the slider a lot more last night than he has in the past. He threw the slider 50% of the time. He hasn't done that uh, at all. The highest ever was 30% in 2017. Yeah, I love that point you made about him falling in love. I think we see a lot of pitchers do that. They fall in love with a uh, certain pitch, you know, because it's their strikeout pitch, their go-to pitch. And that, that certainly could be a reason. I think Tanaka, like I said, I, I don't have I don't own any shares because I was a little wary of him, uh, remembering what he did last year. But uh, you know, he's the kind of guy you know you're going to get strikeouts from him. You know, he, even when he was bad last year, he still got your strikeouts. You know, he's going to win games because the Yankees are going to win games. You know, so you're only really worried. Uh, and his whip is generally okay; he doesn't walk people. So you're only really worried about the ERA. And his ERA is certainly not going to be almost five again. It'll come down. I don't know if it'll be three point five or below. But I can live with it. The way you drafted him, if, you're, if his ERA is at the tick below four, I think you're thrilled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll see how it plays out. But I got to tell you, I got to tell you right now that I'm looking at this and I'm saying, you know what? There's a chance Tanaka is a draft day steal. And I wasn't on him last year uh, because of the injury situation and not knowing how that, that is. But he hasn't missed significant time. No. I mean, it's weird, you know, that he has that tear, but he's been able to pitch through it. Adam Wainwright was also for a while before it came back up to him. So, Tony, you're drafting tonight. 
Tanaka or David Price? I go David Price, and I, so do I. I go David Price. I, I just, I think he's the real deal. Fenway Park's. It's funny to say this. Fenway Park's more pitcher friendly than Yankee Stadium, uh, because growing up, that was the farthest thing for the truth from us, and. Uh, it's it's crazy, but uh, yeah, I would absolutely go Price there. Uh, but I think Price goes like that's the one thing after that one start in the in the spring training. I think Price goes a couple rounds earlier than he would have a week ago. I think you're absolutely correct. Yeah, like I said, tonight in the draft, uh, if he was going around, let's say eight uh, in March, I think uh, tonight. Well, it's still March, but I think tonight he's going around five. Yeah, I think even now he's becoming SP two rather than SP four. He's certainly right there. You look at the Toronto Blue Jays situation. Uh, if you drafted Josh Donaldson, I feel bad for you because this is not going to end well. Did you, you saw the game right where he couldn't throw the ball? Oh, I was tweeting it out. I am. Mean, I mean, what the hell? I've never seen this. I mean, I assume something. I mean, you you want to buy the dead arm theory? Okay, but no, that I did don't. not look like we've all had dead arms, but that that no, looks much does, worse than dead arm. Hold on. This thing is this is like Met. This is like Mets situation here with with their injured players. He didn't play in spring training in the field. So where did he get a dead arm? He had a shoulder injury. Something's wrong with his shoulder. I, I agree. Like I said, if you watched him throw, I mean that did not look like dead arm generally means you throw you throw normal. But you got no velocity on it. You know, and it happens. He was looked like he was somebody. I think David Cohn, the Yankee broadcaster, put it perfectly. He looked like somebody who knew the pain was coming. You know, he started off well, and then he knew there was going to get some pain, so he let up at the end. And I agree. I think there's a shoulder injury there. I think there's a tear, probably to a rotator cuff or a labrum, and that's where the issue is. And uh, I don't know if I'm worried about Donald's because you can hit through that if it's not too severe. I might be a lot worried if I had Kenji's Morales because yeah, I wonder I do if uh, Donald's going to play a whole lot more at DH. But here's the problem with Josh Donaldson. It, this is a this is a business, right? And this is tricky. Donaldson's a free agent at the end of the year. Free agent. If you got something wrong, you got to get that fixed right now. Because I you agree. can't go and sign with a team in the offseason and not be available for six, seven months. I mean, this is a this is a bad situation for, for Donaldson. Oh, no, I agree with you. I, uh, I'm right there because he is a free agent. He's going to want to get paid. And if he has a surgery now, even if it's uh, severe surgery, he'll probably miss most of the season, maybe even all of it, but he'll be healthy for next year. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what? Let's fact, face it. You might, think about it. Yeah, in fact, I might, uh, I might take the Blue Jays off the hook now. There's, maybe there's a chance Donaldson is the one trying to gut through this and isn't telling the truth about what's going on because he thinks he needs to play because of free agency which could be the case, and which is a huge mistake on his part. But let's say you are the Blue Jays. Let's say that's true. I mean, still, this can't be a Noah Syndergaard thing where he's telling you what to do. He's like, I'm not going to take an MRI. You know, yeah. you give him the MRI. You got to do what you got to do because the Blue Jays, well, listen, they can think whatever they want. They're probably not competing this year. Not for a division title. Maybe they can go for a wild card. But uh, So maybe you're hoping if you fall out of it, you could trade Donaldson by the All-Star break, or by the deadline. Well, you're going to need to get him healthy. So you're gonna, if he needs to be missed two to three months, boy, the, he gets it done now. He can, he can show something in July. If he doesn't, you know, also no one's going to trade for him. You're going to get nothing for him because he is going to leave via free agency. So, uh, and by the way, those people who think that, who agree with us that Donaldson is eventually going to uh, go in with DL, Guerrero's not the person being caught up, uh, being called up. So don't, uh, don't overreact to this. I know Guerrero plays third base, but he's not ready yet for the majors. So uh, don't, over, don't all of a sudden spend all your fab on him uh, this week or next. I'll tell you what, that Vlad Guerrero, uh, I'm scared to death to have him. If you guys play in Dynasty Leagues, I would not have him on my team. Um, that guy's too chunky for 20 years old. Oh, so he's got a big rear end, man. My God, he's he looks like a, a, like a fullback. What, what, where is he going to play? Like, throughout his you think he's going to stay at third base like for his career? Like, he's going to have to be a first baseman DH, and he's not that big. Yes. He's big wide. He's not tall. I, yeah. Like, I'm like, you know what? This kid might be the real deal. And this kid, uh, there's no way in a dynasty league that guy's on my team. I'm cashing in for everything I, I can get from him. I, I said, I think he's, uh, he said, as he gets older, he's going to get bigger. You know, I, I, I'm going to tell you exactly what I thought. Wider. When he hit the home run to win the game, 
and I'm watching him run around the bases, you know what the first thing in my mind was? That's I don't, Pablo but I think Sandoval. Oh, I hope Pablo not. I mean, that, oh, it's a fair. Com- I mean, he's in better shape than Pablo now, but it is a fair comparison. What he's happens 19. if he can't control his weight? I know, I know. Listen, I thought the same thing. Big guy, which is I, I was surprised is that he was. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't mean big. I don't. I don't he's, listen, he's not out of shape yet, but as you get older, odds are that's going to expand the wrong way. <laughs> you know, you don't want to turn into a Prince Fielder type either. No, he got to meet Richard Simmons. Oh, please. <laughs> you would never a Richard Simmons guy? One of the best, I'm a weird owl guy. And one of the, one of his best lines in one of his songs is about uh, King of Queens. And he says, King of Queens, I can't believe Richard Simmons ain't in it. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Sweating to the oldies. Yeah, so I, it's a, it's a, I was surprised, Tony. I think the bottom line is I was surprised when seeing him really for the first time this spring and in the uh, the games where you realize, oh, my God, a top prospect in that kind of shape. That was surprising. Yeah, it certainly was. You listen to the Week in Fantasy Sports Update right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. George Kurtz, Tony Sincati, giving you all the information to make you a winner on draft day because that's what it's all about. you got to win. It's all about winning. No participation trophies here, right, George? Oh, uh, yeah, you got to cash. <laughs> that's, my, that's my first thought. I'm gonna, actually, my first thought generally is don't finish last. Second thought is cash. Third thought is winning it all. Uh, I always want to cash, you know. I want, I, want to get, I want to at least get my money back, and then we'll, we'll go from there. It's like, you know, in baseball, you, what's the first thing you want to do? You want to get a wild card. Then you want to win the division. Then you want to win the, uh, the league. Then you want to win the World Series. I'll, I'll take it in steps. There it goes. we got steps happening right here on the Weekend Fantasy Sports Update. And remember, you will have your man, Joe Galena, the Fantasy Jesus, back next year. When you're the Fantasy Jesus, there are things that you have to do and things you have to take care of. So uh, he's not It's a busy time right of year. Now. Busy time of year. Aaron Hicks hits the disabled list for the New York Yankees. Your thoughts on the outfield Shocking. situation. They bring up McKinney. Uh, yesterday, he jumps right out there and get get some playing time. Yeah, the Yankees are a little, a little short in center field. They're down three center fielders. You know, Ellsbury's done with DL. He'll could come off, he could come off next Thursday. The Yankees are going to be in no rush to get him back. He still has not played nine innings uh, down there in extended spring training, nor has he played on back-to-back days yet. But uh, my guess is they'll rush him back to get him back next Thursday. Uh, Clint Frazier, has, he's doing baseball activities but not playing in games, so he's not ready to return anytime soon. Maverick May 1st looks like a best-case scenario for him, which leaves you with McKinney. You know, uh, he's not playing center field. Gardner will play center. McKinney will play left. McKinney was uh, another player acquired in the oldest Chapman deal. Has power. Can hit a little bit. Not going to be a great overall average player fantasy-wise. Listen, the Yankees do play Baltimore next week, four-game series, but that's right around the time Ellsbury can return. You might only get three more, uh, four more games out of McKinney today, tomorrow, uh, Monday, and Wednesday before Ellsbury comes back. Probably not worth a fantasy pickup. There you have it. We got everybody fired up. One hour down, two hours to go. It's the weekend fantasy update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Stay tuned. Hour number two next.